morning, I want to welcome someone very special to us. If you don't know, Pastor Rich is out of town recovering from surgery still this week. And so we have um, a local missionary who I am blessed to call my uncle. But if you could please give a warm welcome to Pastor Alfred. He is going to share the word with us this morning. And I get the privilege of calling her Mija, my niece. And so that's awesome. Good morning, everybody. So cool to be back here again. Thank you, Pastor Rich. I know you're watching. Just want to say we're praying for you, and God bless you and giving me the privilege, the honor to come and to share. Uh, I believe God is doing some, some big things here at Life Church. I have the pleasure of being a part. And you guys have walked with me through the ministry that we have for many, many years. Over 20 years we've worked together. We call this our base uh, home. Many of our family uh, work and operate and serve here. And it's awesome, and not only, literally, she's my niece, and a lot of those on stage in worship, and we can go on mentioning all of them, but it's just the idea of just saying, I, I believe the ministry that we have, we can't do if it wasn't for my family. My family have uh, believed in us, and they've supported us, prayed for us, and uh, even during the crazy times in the early years when we shared all these dreams and visions about what we wanted to do, it was, uh, it was a little nuts, and, you know, I had some family members even like, are you sure you want to do that? Because it, it, I wasn't able to express it well enough. It was just kind of in parts of what I wanted to see. But they were faithful to support us no matter what. You know, you, you want to support family, right? You know, they got crazy dreams and crazy ways. You're like, I don't get it, but you're okay. You know, we'll help you. And, and so they did. And so I just want to say thank you to all my family for doing that. But here at Life Church. You guys are family, again, because you've walked with us through this ministry for these past 20 years. Many have known us for the Utah Dream Center, and when you would ever hear me say, hey, this is Alfred with the Utah Dream Center, it's because my wife and I were officially in charge of the outreach or the ministry. But as of lately, and it's a name we've ran with for years, but as of lately, we've been really emphasizing what we call Synergy in Action Network. I've had many pastors come to me and ask and say, um, all that you're doing, how could we do the same thing? How could you teach us how to do what you're doing? And so 10 years ago, we left from being pastors for the purpose of seeing what we can do to help pastors reach out into their community and help them. So we say it in the way that God has put in our lives right now. I said, we are not pastors with a missionary heart. We're missionaries with a pastor's heart. And our mission is to see the local church reach into its community. We focus on five areas, the very five things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 41. You guys know the story. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. Thirsty, you gave me to drink. He says, when I was naked, you clothed me. A stranger, you visited me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was in jail, you visited me. So we took that whole dialogue and put it into into five areas, and so we're doing what we can. And the beautiful thing about Life Church, if you haven't noticed, hear what's going on. I had many talks with Natasha and said, we, we need to have a ministry that is the example for other churches to see. And there's been so many pastors I brought to Natasha and say, Natasha, can you speak to them about what you're doing? Because what's happening here in those five areas is the very thing of the five things we're talking about. I mean, I love it when you think about Isaiah's calling, the ministry that Johnny... Um, 
and Kelsey are running here every other weekend, hitting out and taking clothes and food and reaching out to our homeless. Get involved with that. Be a part of reaching out to the community in that manner to help out in any way they can. I love it as they're going out there and just supporting those that they can. And we also have our medical. If you haven't noticed, in the back of the parking lot, on the other side of the building, we have our mobile medical and optical. We run medical, dental, optical, and behavioral health and just got approved for a pharmacy here in West Jordan through the ministry and through the outreach of Utah Partners for Health. And it's something that we started this a long time ago, and God is moving in that way. But I want you to walk with me on a Thursday here. Think about a Thursday. On a Thursday, we've got programs for the kids, after-school programs going on. At the same time, on Thursdays now, we have our food distribution. So you're going from working with kids and helping them and after school and getting them whatever way you can to right there targeting food and reaching the food ministry. And a lot of you guys are a part of that. But then right after that, if you wanted to, as you get to know the people, you find out that some of them are dealing with some issues. Well, on Thursday nights, we've got adult programming here to help some. For example, with Brad and Jeanette, they're dealing with the AA program and helping those in addiction. There's a variety of other programs that are going on on Thursdays, and there's more to come. There's more ministry to come. we got Meals on Wheels that's happening out of here. There's so many things going on, and new visions and dreams and outreaches are taking place. All you got to do is just say to the office here, hey, I want to get involved. I want to help. Well, you saw already for the media team, you got the coffee bar. We got Wednesdays for kids going to be opening up. We've got home group, Bible study. I mean, talk about, man, this church is doing a lot of great things. But we can't keep it to ourselves. We can't try to hold it to our own, us four no more. No, we got to let the people know in the community that there's something going on here. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty in the heart of missions is taking the kingdom of God and taking it out there to the streets and to the people and to your friends and to your neighbors. I know some family members, they've known that you go to church and they don't want to hear it from you and whatever. But be faithful. Be faithful in what you're doing. Not Bible beating them down and trying to convince them of one thing or another, but just loving on them. And they may have hurt you one way or another, but be willing to have mercy and forgive them. And do the call of God and just love on them any way you can possibly. I want to share with you a little bit before we get into the message of what God has been dealing with me about. And it's been as of these last couple months. You see, people look at me and they say, Alfred, you're working so many hours. Alfred, you're doing so much. You're going to burn out. And it's been an average of like 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day in what we're doing every day because this thing is just growing. And more and more people are involved, and a lot of our drivers and people are here that help make this happen. And there's times like yesterday, one of our trucks blew out on the freeway with me, and I had, I had to coast it over, and I was able to get a couple guys. So a huge thank you to Randy and to Carl for coming out and helping me make that happen to get that truck back on the road again. But things happen. I didn't plan it, expect it, hope it, wish it, dream it. It just happened. But I had to run with it. But because of that disruption or that interruption in my day, four-hour delay, that allowed other doors of ministry to take place that I didn't expect. And it was really cool. It turned out really good. And I was like, God, you're in control. You know what's going on. Lord, I know you're the one that blew that belt out of there so that I could coast over. I got to look at it that way. (laughs) God, I know that flat tire happened because you popped it. You know, it's like, okay, Alfred, pull over. You got to talk to the tow truck driver now. Okay, Lord. Where before, I'll be kicking the other tires. Man, that dumb truck or whatever. But this is what God has been dealing with me about. 
It's not trying to stay ahead of this thing. Like I said, some of you were with me from the very beginning when I just had big dreams. Karen, you know, my sister-in-law right here, I shared so many about what we want to do. It was crazy. Some people were like, pray for him, he's lost it. But now things are unfolding fast. But at the same time, it's been 20 years. And just trusting and believing. And, and God is dealing with me because he's saying, Alfred, and he guides me to Habakkuk. If you haven't had a chance to read the book of Habakkuk, it's crazy. I'm not even preaching. I'm just pouring my heart out to you guys. As a missionary. And he says, Alfred, read Habakkuk. There's only three chapters. In chapter one, it focuses and it starts off with him complaining. And he says, God, why? Why is this happening to me? God, where are you? You said, God. I hate it when people always say, well, you said. I hate that. I really do. But God loves it. Because it says, oh, you were paying attention. You're repeating what I told you. Good. But I always hate it when my kids, well, Dad, you said, oh, I know. And then I look to my wife. She goes, you did say. You know what I'm But it's just one of those things that I could relate to Habakkuk. And saying, God, why? God, where? God, why are you letting my enemies prosper? God, why is this happening to me? God, what's going on? And so anger and frustration and, and stress and worry and fear comes in because I don't know where I'm going to get hit next. And I take this position of just wondering where is it going to come from? And Habakkuk was the same way. And the Lord spoke to him and he says, watch what I'm going to do. Your mind can't even comprehend what I'm going to do with you. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, this is it. This is powerful right here. And he says to Habakkuk, and therefore I'm putting my name there. You can put your name if you want to. He says, rise up to the top of the tower. Some say, some uh, versions say, rise up to the rampart, to the highest point of the tower. Imagine a castle wall with the towers. He says, rise up to the highest point of the tower and take a stand. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever played whack-a-mole before. You know what I mean? You know the idea of the game? That mole pops up, and what's your goal is to whack that thing down. Whack that thing. Well, I, I don't want to be the mole. Because I know if I get up there on top of the tower, what? The enemy's right there with the sniper, and he goes, oh, he gained weight. Look at him. Easy target, you know. And I'm up there, you know, like, whoa, Lord. But he says, if you're going to take a stand, stand strong. So many verses in the Bible. If you're going to take a stand, stand against the enemy. Stand strong. Be ready. And he says the same thing again. Stand strong. It's not your choice. Your choice is to cover and to hide and protect. And this is what I want. Don't ruin what I have. But the enemy keeps bombing and you don't know where it's coming from. But when you get to the top and you look over the other side and you see, and this is what God wanted you to see, and you see what's going on, and you go, oh, that's what was targeting this. And see, Habakkuk had the same reaction. Because he looks and he goes, that's just wood. That's just stone. That's man-made. I'm not sure if you heard me. That's man-made. What are you afraid of, Alfred? This man-made thing that's coming against you? Why are you reacting this way? Why are you afraid? This is man-made. You're still not hearing me. 
in the days that we lived in this past year, my friend. This is man-made. Stop being afraid. Rise up. Take your place and see that this is God moving. And then, then immediately Habakkuk sees what this is and he changes his mentality. And he goes from complaint, complaint, and anger and frustration and fear. And immediately he starts turning into praise. Chapter 3 is all about him praising. But he praises in this way and he says, God, even though my food is not there, even though my money is not there, even though this hasn't happened yet, even though I'm still waiting for it to come, God, I'm going to praise you anyway. God, I'm going to love you anyways. And he turned his complaint to compliment. And he started praising God and complimenting God. And you are the provider. And you're the one in charge. And I believe in you. And I believe in who you are. That's just man-made. That's man-made. And he's saying, Alfred, wake up. Let me show you what I'm doing. It's a beautiful thing. But it's hard. It is hard, man. I'm still not preaching yet. I'm just sharing my heart. It's hard. But I have to make a choice. I'm either going to keep cowering and just wondering why and complaining and complaining and fearing. And every moment I complain and I fear and I stress and I anguish and I, I hate it. Or I'm going to turn that because of what I see. You see, in Habakkuk 2, 2, it's the most popular verses of the whole thing in verse 3. It says, write the vision down plainly on the tablet so that those that read it could run with it. Verse 3, even though it linger, wait for it. It'll come in its due time. It's trusting in God and believing that, you know what? Even though I haven't got everything I wanted now, even though things haven't happened yet, God, even though you haven't come yet, I'm still going to just praise you no matter what's going on around me. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to focus on you. Now I feel like preaching, all right? We're going to go into Mark. We're going to continue the series that our church has been running through here these last couple weeks. Taking the baton from Pastor John and just running on. And next week, the baton will be passed to Pastor Forrest and you're going to run on. And God is going to move and running through what we're diving into Mark and getting the heart out of Mark what's going on here. Can we run to it? Here we go. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then Jesus called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become my follower... He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is what I'm saying. It is hard. Because it's a battle of will. It's my decision or yours. Look what it says next. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. What does it mean right there? Stop right there on 35 for a moment. What is it saying right there? If you want to save your life because you're hovering over, not wondering, you're trying to protect what you have, you're trying to make it happen for you, you're going to lose it. But if you want to save your life, get to the top of the tower and see what's going on. Then you'll save it. You're denying yourself, your way, and choosing his way. That's hard. Because it's so easy for me to make plans for what I want to do and where I want to go and what I want to be. And the Bible is very clear, man's ways are not God's ways. And God has a plan for our life, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it goes on, his plan is not to harm us, to hurt us, but to give us hope and a future. And God is promising all this, but he says, I just can't give it to you, Alfred. You've got to stop being afraid. Climb up, mijo, to the top of the mountain. Keep going. Get up there. 
Don't be afraid of the enemy whacking you. Get up there. Okay. Take up that cross. Okay. Next verse. 36. For what does it benefit? Is it for a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his life? What is it to say that I've got all that I've got and I've got became who I became, but really lost it in the end? 37. Think about this. What can a person give in exchange for his life? Is there anything really, really worth your life? Absolutely not. We're not talking about just life here on earth. We're talking about life eternally. We're talking believing and understanding the life to be with the Lord. What is it worth? What is it to say, I got all this and then lose everything? But 38 hits it. Listen to this. This is ouch. For if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, which I believe we're in now, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when his, he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That part, he comes. When he comes, he hasn't come yet. And I know many of you here that have been saved forever. You're saying, I've been hearing forever that Jesus is coming back. I've been hearing it forever, all my life in church. Jesus is coming back. Be ready, be ready, be ready. But I'm telling you right now, my friend, if you have not made the decision to follow God, you're literally in the lifespan where there is a line being drawn and you're getting to the point. Jesus is coming back to ask you one question. A lot of you are, Lord, I've already saved. Even to you. Because remember the verses before? He said he drew the, all those people to in as well as the disciples. You would think the disciples already know what he's going to say. But he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you guys too. Come over here. You got to hear this. Even though you've been with me all this time, you still got to hear this. Did you hear that, some of you? You've been in God all your life, but you still got to hear this. There's going to be a line drawn clearly. And the line when he comes is going to be, are you for me or against me? Are you hot or are you cold? I know some of you are like, oh, we don't like this kind of preaching. <laughs> makes us not feel good I understand it hurts take up your cross get up climb up to the top of the mountain it hurts remember the picture that we saw of the water uh, the, the kids the video and then we saw the picture of, and in that group picture two years ago I was in that picture I don't know if some of you were like looking for yourself in that group and I found me and they said, okay, we're going to take the picture. Three, two, one. And I went like this. <gasps> and then they said, picture done. I went, duh, uh. I'm serious, man. Like Natasha said, hey, four plus something miles is what it is. Hey, for a gordo like me, man, that ain't easy, man. I'm telling you seriously, that is not easy. You might say, four miles, what's the big deal? That was not easy. So this time around, I hope to get involved. I'm going to skip it, right? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in shape. Yeah, right. I'm going to just do what I can to do my part. You see, stuff like that that you really desire, that you really want, it's not easy. It's hard. You got to go. You hear the term always, no pain, no gain. But in our life that we walk with God, it's in the same focus. Look at my friend. It isn't going to be easy because this world wasn't meant for you and me. We're sojourners here. There will be a day where Christ will come and he'll reign on earth for a thousand years. That hasn't happened yet. So when he comes, that's still to come. God, now, instead of complaining to you, even though you haven't come back yet, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to have believed, God, because even though you have not come back yet, I'm not going to be afraid no more. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to step out in faith. 
I'm going to believe, God, that you're in control. So there is a battle that we have with inside of us every single day. I know this is missions emphasis. You might say, what's that have to do with missions? Everything. Because the message that you carry out, because I'm talking to missionaries. The Bible clearly says that each one of us has been called to be an evangelist. It's not, my friend, about just giving, and we thank you for that. We can't, as missionaries, do what we do without your financial support. Thank you. But now God is calling us to get involved, to be a part, to join that media team, to get out there and serve in our community and help. And God is birthing in each one of you a means, a way. I know, God, you're doing something to create this new ministry. I've been told already there's new ministries that are just buzzing after the first service. People came up to me, Pastor Alfred, I feel like this and this. And I said, man, just go share with the leaders. That's an awesome ministry. And yet some of you give and you're controlling involved. You're helping already. You know the beautiful thing about this church? Because so many of you help with what we do also. You're not just helping here at Life Community Center and through the Life Church. But so many of you have joined me helping other churches. I mean that. When I see uh, Randy Gallegos helping me out with his other churches, and he's out there doing what he does, flagging cars in. And, do, and this is a beautiful thing, to see God, what he's doing there. To see other people involved, and you're helping me reach out to these neighborhoods and to these other communities outside of this church. So God is moving and has been moving, but I believe now we're at a point where he's going to move even greater. But we're challenged. Next slide, please. We're challenged with this thought. Self-denial or self-promotion? Is it really about me promoting me and what I want, God, and, and this is what I want to go and this is what I want to do? Or is it really what God says, deny yourself? It's not about you, Alfred. That's where the struggle is because always like my mind goes crazy about all oh, this and this and I can market this and promote that. It's not about you, Alfred. Deny yourself. Take up that cross. Next slide, please. Leading others to this kind of kingdom is the heart of missions. What does that mean? You see, we really believe the prayer of the Lord where he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that. We don't just cite that. We don't repeat, just repeat that or recite that. We, we, we believe that. Thy kingdom come. How is thy kingdom going to come but us being vessels and instruments and, and even at times weapons for God to go out there and defeat the enemy? We got to go ye therefore into the highway and byway and compel them to come in. And God wants to use every single one of you. How is this kingdom of God going to be on earth when we come not to go and slash anyone, but we come and bring the heart of Jesus to them and the love and share with them that it's only through Jesus that we can be saved. It's only through him. Next one, please. I want you to think about this. We need to be ones of generous faith and intentional love in order for this to happen. What does that mean, those two things? Generous faith. You've expressed that, but that's not just referring to money. Generous means to go above and beyond what you're doing. And some of you are satisfied, my friend, in what you're doing for God. You've come content in what you're doing for God by way of you giving you know, I gave already at the office or I already gave at the church I'm already helping over here and the Lord says to generously to go above and beyond press down shaking together spilling over God wants to do some big things in your life but don't get content in saying I did my time I did what I'm supposed to no go above and beyond but then this part here and I end with this 
intentional love in order for this to happen. What does that mean, intentional love? That means to have mercy. You see, when God took Habakkuk from hiding and him complaining, and he showed him the enemy, and his whole continence changed, his life changed, everything changed, because he saw what was happening, he said, this is man-made. And immediately you could think, that's the enemy? I got him now. And immediately we want to come against our enemy. And, and what like the disciples did when they went into the Samaritan towns, they, they got rejected and, and they said, Lord, bring fire from heaven and destroy them because they rejected you. And the Lord said, we got to start from the beginning with you and teach you again. And when he taught them again the love of the Father, they actually went back into those same towns and they came back rejoicing, saying signs, miracles, and wonders took place. Even the demons were fleeing because of your name, Lord, and they were so boastful and proud of what happened. What changed? This very thing I'm sharing with you now. You see, immediately when we come up and we see what comes against us, we want to just take this attitude of pride like, that is nothing, man-made. And God's looking at us and saying, you still don't get it. He says, look at them again. Look deeper. Don't look, look beyond the, the, the physical. Look spiritual. Look deeper. Look at their soul. Read that in Habakkuk. And he says, have mercy on them. When he takes us to the highest point and we see our enemy, he says, have mercy on them. Forgive them. God, it's hard. And this I'm saying is so hard. God, they hurt me. They said things about me and my family. They stole from me. They messed me up. And God says, get to the tower, Alfred, and forgive them. Forgive them. Have mercy. How are we going to see God's kingdom here? By stepping out in faith and being willing to have mercy. In Micah 6, 8, God says, What am I going to do with you, O mortal man? But three things I require of you. Act justly, love mercy, and walk with your God humbly. Three things. You see injustice, do something about it. But love mercy. Don't just give mercy. Love it. Forgive. Love forgiving. And walk with God humbly. I believe God is putting a call in each one of you. A way for you to stand up and to say, I'm willing to take a stand. And even how much the enemy wants to whack me down, I'm willing to take a stand. So would you stand with me, please? As we stand, it's not just to be dismissed. It's a stand of saying, God, here am I, send me. And whether you mean it from your heart or from your lips, here am I, God, send me. But I believe there's a burden burning in some of you right now where you're just like, Alfred, I need prayer, man. This climbing up to the tower is really hard right now because I got some weights holding me down. I got some things that I'm dealing with. I got some family members. I got friends. I got issues. I got bills. I got this. I got that. And the cares of this world are just weighing me down. 
and I just need a victory. I need to be set free. I need God to move in me. My friend, right now, I'm going to open up these altars for a moment here that we could literally just take a moment and just give this to God. That we could stand in agreement together that God is going to do a big thing in our lives. That way as we come and just pour it out to him and say, God, here it is. I give it to you. That God is willing to do that. I told you this is personal to me. God has been dealing with me. Alfred, stop complaining. Get up and let me show you what's going on. And now that I see God, God, forgive me, forgive them. God, I forgive them. Lord, help me to write the vision down now. You see, your dream and vision isn't going to happen until you forgive. Because that unforgiveness is holding that vision from being exposed. And the Lord says, write it down. And those that read it will run with it. I believe God is going to unfold the ministry that you have. But it starts with forgiving. Having mercy. And then you're going to turn it to praise. Even though, God, it hasn't happened yet. Even though you haven't come yet, I'm going to praise you. Thank you, Stephen, for playing. Would you join me at the altar? Come on, let's do this together. Let's just believe that God is going to do some great things from this point forward. That God is going to see miracle signs and wonders take place because we're stepping out in faith and no more afraid. And we're believing that God is doing something big. Some of you here, you said, hey, I got some issues, some family members, health issues, bill issues, finances. Come up here right now. Let's just believe that God is just going to see a breakthrough. Those things that are wearing you down, let's just come up and believe that God is going to break through. You take that step of faith. Now, so for some of you that said, you know, Alfred, right now, I'm not going forward, but I believe with you. That my prayer for you is this. That God continue to give you wisdom as you're walking with him now. God give you every point of direction where you got to go that he would be the cloud by day, the fire by night in your life, that you would have enough focus and discernment to know, God, are you moving? I want to follow you and not my own way. For those that come to the altar right now, my friend, this is your point to say, God, I surrender all to you right now. And I cut away these things that are holding me down from climbing this tower. God, I want to take a stand. And I want to be able to see what you are going to show me. And you're going to show me things that are going to blow my mind. God, even in Jeremiah, it says that you will show us things that our mind can't even comprehend. God, I just surrender it all to you right now. I'm tired of hovering and covering and hiding. Lord, I don't want to be like Gideon who was hiding in a wine press. Lord, I want to be able to be that soldier, that weapon, that vessel. I want to be that instrument, God, you've called me to be. Lord, I believe that these are days, Lord, that we need to take a stand. And if we're going to take a stand, we're going to stand firm. Lord, help me to be a bridge to my friends and my family, my co-workers, and yes, even my boss. Help me to be a bridge, Lord, to reach out to those that are hurting around me, bringing hope to those in need. Help me, Lord. God, I believe there's vision that's taking place in everywhere here. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your care upon him because he loves you. Can we do that right now? Can we cast it to him and just say, God, here it is. Here it is, Lord. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Even though it seems like the enemy's prospering and even changing the rules as they're going along, I give it to you. Even though there's collectors and people mad and things happening, and I give it to you, Lord. 
Even though my kids are far from you, Lord, my grandkids are far from you, God, I give them to you. And I surrender to you in Jesus' name. I give you my child, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. I encourage you to keep praying for us as we work together, we journey together, we travel together to see God reach our communities, not only in Utah, but from this place around the world. God bless you. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to pass this back to Natasha. Thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who goes before us. Lord, I just pray, God, for every person in this place this morning. God, that you would begin to give us dreams and visions, Lord, and that you would just take us beyond our expectations this morning. Lord, I pray that you would use this church, God, that you would use your people, Lord God, to reach into the depths, to go into the dark places, Lord God, to bring you, God, to bring a light, Lord. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Can we just praise him this morning because he's worthy? Can we praise him in the, from the depths of our sorrows? Lord, you are good and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. If you want to stay this morning and continue praying, please stay. The altars are open. We'd love to pray with you this morning and talk with you. Don't forget that we have our media team and 6K tables in the lobby waiting for you as well. God bless and we will see you on Wednesday.